Welcome to Behind the DM Screen, hosted by the Senior Tome Show editor and with guests Mike Shea and Andy Meyer, and this is the show where we put 15 minutes on the clock and we talk about our games. Mike Shea, you're first. So I've been playing a ton of games. Uh, I now have two regular weekly games, one on Wednesday night and one on Sunday afternoons as a D&D uh, encounters game, sort of. It's now in the casual play mode. And uh, I also have been running uh, D&D expedition games every about once a month, and then usually a casual home game with friends and family uh, another time a month. So I'm, I'm running something like 10 games a month now. Uh, wow. And it's awesome, but it's, you know, it, it means I don't do any prep at all anymore. What little prep I did, I don't do anymore. Uh, I have been running the Horde of the Dragon Queen primarily for both the Wednesday and Sunday group. And they just got to uh, chapter, I think it's five. Episode five is with the, uh, where it starts off at the Carneth Roadhouse. Is that right? So um, That sounds right. I can't. That's after yeah. the after the long caravan trek, right? Yeah, it's after the yeah. long caravan thing, which honestly was a bit of a slog. Yeah. Um, I I just you know the idea of having a single chapter that's like two months of a journey north is you know pretty pretty tough. So they've been uh, they 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 traveled all the way north. Uh, I had a whole bunch of different sort of encounters and things along the way. One thing that um, Horde of the Dragon Queen doesn't have a lot of is there are many areas, and I think in our reviews of it we talked about this, where it has like one paragraph about Baldur's Gate and one paragraph about Waterdeep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those are such phenomenal places. Like, they're so big in the in the lore of Forgotten Realms that you, you'd kind of like to do a little bit more with them than just kind of, hey, there's Waterdeep. Keep, you know... Stay on your horse. Um, <laughs> so uh, I actually did a fair bit, of, particularly about Waterdeep. Like Baldur's Gate I knew pretty well because we ran the whole Murder of Baldur's Gate game, and it was fun to kind of go back to Baldur's Gate and do stuff there. Um, Waterdeep, I don't, you know, I, I know the basics, right? I, I've played Lords of Waterdeep. I understand the concept of the max, the mask lords. Right. I know that Undermountain is underneath there. Um, but I don't really know a lot else. So I actually went back and picked up some of the Waterdeep D&D Classic products now. There's a, there's a couple of good ones. I think um, uh, there's a good second edition one, and uh, there's Waterdeep City of Splendors, which I think is mm-hmm. third edition. Yep. That's, that's the one that ended up being the most helpful. Um, okay. You know, I had a lot of good details, a lot of good maps, and, and some interesting stuff. So I kind of just, you know... So did, did you get the second edition one? Did you get Waterdeep in the I north, bought, or I bought did you both. get Volo's Guide? Because Volo's, Volo's Guide, Guide to Waterdeep is an interesting product. Well, yeah, and so I had Volo's Guide to the Sword Coast, uh-huh. and that yeah. that that was useful, I think, for literally one page. Yeah, which, yeah. Which was a um, they talked about um, uh, I forget the name of it. The, there's a there's one of the one of the areas that the group passes through between Baldur's Gate and Waterdeep. Mm-hmm. There's like I guess a big swamp, and yeah. in that swamp there was this kind of story about how a bunch of adventurers had a tower and the tower got overtaken by Yuwanti. And I said, well, that yeah. that might be a fun thing for them to That's do. So I had all side quests yeah. based on that. 
Yeah, th- those Volos guides are. I used to have all of them. Went back in the second edition days, and yeah. I remember them being great for players because it's written, you know, from the yeah, I'm a right. traveler writing, right. you know, and and it really is written like that. They're very well done products, but not for not for the purposes of what you need it well, for. Well, so. all I, I mean, the, yeah, I mean, all I wanted to do was just bathe in those places, mm, right? Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't need like a lot of settings, and I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I'm looking at second, third edition stuff, so I certainly don't need stats or anything like that. Right, I right. certainly don't need any plot threads because I've already got those. You know, I just want to kind of understand how these places operate mm-hmm. and, and, you know, what's the name of the town guard? And is there both an army and a guard? And how does that work? And are there, you know, Baldur's Gate, they have the mercenaries, you know, do they have anything like that in Waterdeep? You know, who are the notable right. thieves guilds? And so it was all sort of stuff like that that I wanted to just sort of read about. And then whatever happened to, you know, whatever I regurgitated at the table, you know, would hopefully be something that would give people an idea that there's a lot here. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a good, I, I'll have to find it. Uh, I'll, I'll send you a link. Uh, but there's a, a good website that a guy wrote where he wrote a bunch of stuff that he wished he had done uh, for chapter four and five. And, one of the things that he mentioned was uh, actually having the players visit or had the PCs visit the yawning portal, which is where the, um, the where the place, of, yeah, where the undermountain entrance is. And I thought that would be fun, and and that might end up being like <laughs> you know six more weeks before they actually reach the next chapter. So I kind of passed on right. that idea, um, but I did a, a fair amount of stuff in Waterdeep. Um, you know, I, I let them see some interesting sites. I, I actually threw in another uh, uh, another sort of thing that isn't in the adventure, but but helped me, and I think I'm hoping helped the players and helped kind of centralize what's going on. I created this thing known as the Council Quiet, and the Council Quiet are a group of uh, members of the the five factions. It's actually four factions at this point, and then one uh, Gemma. This is all full of spoilers, by the way. Gemma Gleamsilver, who's his interim. Uh, invites herself as the fifth member of the Council Quiet. So you, you're able to kind of say, like, okay, who's part of the Council? Well, Frulem, you know, not Frulem, on death. Uh, Onthar Froom is there for the Lord's Alliance, and, you know... I think every time you mention him, I you say actually Frulem call him Frulem yeah, first. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to do. <laughs> Easy to do, I guess. So a lot of names. Um, Erlanthar is there. Uh, you know, Leos and Erlanthar is there as the representative of the Harpers. So you kind of have each of these play- PC or NPCs that the players have met are now together in Waterdeep as part of this council, and they're sort of deciding what are we going to do. And the fun bit is the party becomes part of the council, so they get a vote. You know, like not e- they might even get the majority vote. So like both groups mm-hmm. got to decide: do we want the Zinterim to join this group or not? And you know, I had one group who said, uh, you know, we'll give them a trial basis, and the other group's like, oh yeah, they're fine. So um, <laughs> so that was kind of a fun point where they could say like, okay, here's what's really going on. Right, the cult address is trying to res- or rise to hell, and we want to stop that. Uh, there are five worm speakers that are responsible for this, and we want to hunt down and kill the five worm speakers and get their masks because their masks are powerful. And we want to um, start with Resmir, who's the black worm speaker that you guys have already seen, and find her, uh, you know, find her through the trail of money that she's leaving, uh, kill her and get the mask, and then find out who the other worm speakers are and kill them too. So now it's a nice kind of clean plot that can actually last the entire next adventure. Um, I'm using uh, uh, Intercasto's idea for... Um, did I add a T into his last name? I did. Inter- no, it's Intercasto. Yeah. yeah. Um, he had the idea that let him go ahead and get the masks, right? Like, the masks don't have mm-hmm. to be this thing they can't actually get. They can be things they can get. Maybe they'll get them all. Maybe they only get one or two. Maybe they destroy them instead of 
keeping them, you know, who knows what they'll do with them. But I've now, I think I've got a pretty good plan for the adventure can go forward regardless of what happens to the masks. Yet they still have a, an impact on the game, right? Like if if all five worm speakers right. have all five masks and the party stopped and didn't get any of them, that means Tiamat's coming back at full power and she's going to kill them. You know, for each mask they manage to either destroy or get rid of or whatever, she'll be a little weaker until she's you know weak enough that they might actually be able to beat her. So I think that that's kind of a nice scaling way to have the masks have a big impact without um, you know making totally useless and without forcing them to go a certain way. Um, now all of the interesting bits about how uh, you know certain worm speakers are not necessarily loyal to the whole plan to resurrect Tiamat. That's all fine, like, and they'll still figure that out as they meet these worm speakers. It's, you know, it's not boss fights one right after the other. You know, one of them might be dead already. You know, one of them might be betrayed. One of them, you know, there could be all kinds of things going on with the worm speakers at the same time. Um, so that's that. You know, I'm glad to have this sort of central central moment now. You know, before the big Waterdeep Council occurs at the end of, um, you know, at the beginning of Rise of Tiamat. Because right now, none of the leaders have any idea what's really going on. They don't really care. So, you know, there's they're not going to get involved. But they might have representatives who are like, yeah, we're a little worried about this. So that's why the Council Quiet sort of works. Um, okay. What else? I threw in a uh, another thread of an assassin that uh, named uh, the Viper. Uh, who was sent by, depending on how the adventure went, sent by the Cult of the Dragon to find out who it was that screwed up things in Greenest, uh, hunt them down and, and, and kill them. And so now there's sort of a chase following a chase, right? And in one right. group, it was actually uh, Frulam Mondath. Do I have Frulam Mondath? Yeah, not Anthar Frum, Frulam Mondath. Frulam Mondath is the, 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 the priest woman in the first adventure, uh, or she's in the third, I guess. And one of my groups did kill her. She got away. So she actually is rich, and she hired the assassin to go kill the people that did this. But instead, she figured out, you know, I actually hate Resmir more than I hate them. And if they're hunting Resmir, I'm good with that. But I want his mask. So she actually told the group, uh, you know, she, she kind of kidnapped the group and said, here's the deal. I know that you're tough, so I'm not going to try to face you directly. But see this assassin here? I've hired him for 50,000 gold pieces to kill Erlanthar if you don't bring me the mask. And it may not happen tomorrow. It may happen two years from now. But he's going to die if you don't bring me that mask. And to do it, you have to put in this magical box that will teleport it to me. Right? Nice. So, and unbeknownst to them, the box is actually also a way for her to keep keep track of the party and figure out where they're going and what they're saying and stuff like that. Sure. Um, yeah. So the nice thing is, like now, they, there's not much they can do against that. Like the they, they'd actually have to go through the trouble of hunting down the assassin and killing him before he decides to go after Erlanthar, uh, or they go ahead and do it. You know, and so far the group seems like, yeah, I guess, you know, I guess that's what we're gonna do. Well, all they're doing is creating a new black worm speaker, right? Like now, Fru and Mondath right. would be the black worm speaker instead of Res. <laughs> right. So that, that right. that's kind of a fun right. thread that you know may go somewhere in a year. I'll let you know how that worked out. Um, <laughs> A year. I don't, know. I don't know how long it's going to take. It's gonna take well, that it's, long? you know, two full adventures. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm on chapter yeah. five of eight chapters in the first one, and I've got eight more chapters in the next. So, Well, I mean, you know, think about it. If you're going through 16 levels yeah. at least, so, yeah. you know, a couple of years, that's a that's a. Well, and it's four. It's roughly yeah. four. The way I'm doing the experience right now is about four sessions per chapter, you know, mm -hmm. or four, four sessions per level. So that's, yeah, that's a lot right. of time. Because we're That's running it as a D and D encounters game, right? We're doing two hour two hour games. 
Oh, so, I see. Yeah, okay. and I like yeah. the two-hour format a lot. You know, I kind of like that. We, we, you know, if, if I was doing a four-hour game, I, I'd be, it'd, it'd be too much for me. Uh, so the idea that I just sit down, we do well, two hours, and we're done. Yeah. I'm pretty happy. I guess the thing is, two hours is great if you are actually doing it once a week. If, yeah. If your yeah. if your group is at all inconsistent, yeah. though, that's not. Quite well, the group is totally me, inconsistent, so. right? But I'm but the I'm I'm always there, so it's always running. I mean, I I yeah. literally ran a game with one brand new player and one regular player, and that was it. And and we still managed to get some stuff done. You know, like mm-hmm. you don't have the big plot points happen then. You know, but one right. of the fun things is Asbara Joss is a red wizard that had been traveling with them, and one of the, the the guy who's playing the wizard of the group is like, I want him to teach me some stuff. And Asbara is like, I'm not teaching you anything. You know, like I'm a red wizard of Thay. You kidding? But then later he's like, you know, I think I will teach you some stuff because he's kind of arrogant. So he actually taught the wizard spells. <laughs> and now the guy's like, you know, yeah. Nice. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's been it's been fun. On top of that, I've been doing the expedition games. Uh, my my only complaint with the expedition games is I think we're and this is actually a complaint I have with the encounters games, is that we're now reaching the point where people who are playing regularly are way higher than anybody new that's joining, and mm-hmm. they don't have any sort of way yet to have people join in at a higher level, even though they easily could. Um, and I really, you know, so I'm, I'm hoping they do something to say, like, you know, we'd recognize that game stores are, are running higher level games. You can, you can start yeah. a new character at that tier and here are some pre-gens at each of the tiers. You know, you can have a, a one, a five, a 10, right. and a 15. And, and they could be the basic classes, yeah. right? They could just be the straight fighter and the straight thief and the straight wizard, just like the normal ones they've got with no feats, you know, just the straight attribute mm-hmm. bonuses. And then, you know, right. new player, they're, they're easy to play for new players, even at higher levels. Um, maybe the wizard sure. and cleric aren't so easy, but the other ones are. And, yeah, and, and if they, they like, like it, it they, can, they come to right, a couple of right. them, and then they can go make a new right. character or something, you know, and anybody can right. deal with that. So. And it seems like the progression yeah. that you get from organized play would be better off as the renown points that you get, the money that you mm-hmm. get, and the magic items that you get instead of level. Right. Um, you know, you, you could still say, yeah, I level my character all the way up instead of, you know, being free, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's a big scene. So, Oh, that's the time. So I'm, I'm having, I'm having a hell of a time. time. It's fun. Yeah, cool. You're just you're just awesome. sitting here listening to the master speak. Wow. Yes. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> so I have a question for you. Are are you running into any problems? I mean, is there is there anything that you've hit that that you thought, oh yeah, we talked about this. How did we say to get around this? Or are you just you're you're just uh, already so prepared? I'm that not. You're well, going I'm not. Through I'm not prepared at all. Right. Like. I mean, I, you know, the only preparation I'm doing is um, I am kind of going out of my way to make sure to add the Forgotten Realms flavor into what they're doing because mm-hmm. the, the, the book yeah. glosses over it. So like the Mirror of Dead Men, if you yeah. read about what the actual Mirror of Dead Men is like and then read what they've got in the mm-hmm. adventure, it's, the adventure is so much it's, more. It's fun. nothing. Yeah, in, in the adventure, it's, it's a swamp. It's a swamp, right. And it's got like alligators yeah. and frogs. That's and you're like, it. no, actually, yeah. there was a yeah. battle that took place here 1,500 years ago mm-hmm. between a huge right. humanoid army and a huge orcish army. And then Merkel mm-hmm. died, you know? And like, <laughs> there's like a Drakalich's yeah. spirit out there, and there's the twin dragons are out there, and there's all kinds of crazy shit going on, stuff going on out there. And you don't yeah. want to lose all that. So problem-wise... Not really. I'd say the the one problem that I kind of hit every so often, probably one problem I have, which is, you know, few people are going to have sympathy for, is that because I'm running two groups in the same adventure, the the stories are starting to diverge. And I want them to divi- diverge because I don't want to shoehorn them into the same story. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for right. me to be like, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, 
you know, Fruitland Mudgap is a lot. Oh, yeah, you're, you're the you're the group. Yeah, you're the group that didn't kill yeah, the wolves, right. kind of thing. So I'm running yeah. into a little yeah. bit of that, and sometimes like it is hard for me to go like, oh, you know, because like one group they wiped out the dragon cult caravan, and the other group it's still around, and like that's their thread. Mm-hmm. So I have trouble, but you know, right. again, like oh, poor poor me, I've got to run two games a week. It's right. Tough. Yeah. Please <laughs> send money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Sit down with a yeah. note card and write it yeah. down, you idiot. You know, it's, it's pretty much the answer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, 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 no particular problems really. So do you think, I mean, I, so I myself was pretty harsh on, on Horde of the Dragon Queen, Horde of the Dragon Queen and Rise of Tiamat both. Um, but one, one of the things I said was on the, you know, taking everything I said, but now when I think about it though, and I think about if I ran this, I feel like it would run much better than it reads because of all the things I would do to it and and it would be in my campaign world and all that stuff. Do you feel like it runs better than it reads? Yeah. But I, but I feel like that about almost every adventure I read. Um, yeah, well, yeah, that, that, you know, I'm going to, you know, and I would say that more so than some other ones, this one has made me have to work harder to dig up the material. That's going to really make it fantastic. I I think that, Mm -hmm. I think, I think you brought up the fact that like, you know, some of the later areas in Horde of the Dragon Queen, when people are hitting like sixth, seventh and eighth are, are like, here's like a a hunting lodge, you know, like what the hell's fantastic about a hunting lodge. And, um, you know, the, 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 like the Carneth Roadhouse and the castle, you know, what the hell's interesting about that? So for me to mm-hmm. kind of like drape all of that in, um, in sort of the other stuff that I'm picking up from old Forgotten Realm stuff, uh, mm-hmm. is helping. You know, the idea that maybe the Carneth Roadhouse has a trap door and underneath is a giant pit full of zombies that they keep there that they dug out of the swamp. You know, maybe the swamp's mm-hmm. underneath there. So right. that, yeah, I'm kind of saying like, you know, doing uh, Rodney Thompson's three M's, you know, what or three F's, right? What's the fantastic mm-hmm. here? You know, and I don't yeah. know yet, like what the hunting lodge, what will make that place fantastic? I don't know. Probably far up yeah. in the mountains and, you know, I don't know. I'll come up with something. Yeah, yeah, that was my comment. My comment was it didn't feel very Forgotten Realms. Yeah. Like, I'm not a yeah, huge Realms right. fan, but one of the things about the Realms is that it's all about magical this right. and fantastic right. that and all these weird arc- arcane energies causing these strange yeah. things and humongous ancient battles and all this, and none of yeah. that's in those yeah. books. I mean, and to put it all in, of course, it would be like a 5,000-page book, but you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it just didn't feel like it had yeah. any of yeah. that. Or not right, very much. Right. I mean, it, it yeah. might have been interesting if they'd put out like a Forgotten Realms, a new Forgotten Realms campaign book or a Sword Coast campaign book first, yeah. and then you had that, and then you had this, and this sits right on top of the other one. And but you know, we got D and D classics, and for ten bucks, I picked up like this, th- you know, two hundred page book about oh, yeah. Waterdeep. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, I am next, unless Andy has any questions for. Uh, it just blew me away. <laughs> that guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Nice. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna go. Uh, timer is on. So I, uh, my my second edition group, the evil group, is on hiatus. One of the um, one of my players coaches wrestling, and it was uh, wrestling season started, so we haven't played that particular game in a is while. That the evil group? So instead, that's okay. the evil group. Instead of that, we've been playing Gamma World. Um, so we've played two or three sessions of Gamma World, and I, I can't remember if I mentioned it on the last Behind the DM screen, but um, I had them uh, uh, get hired to go uh, look at a, a new building. Was this, There was an earthquake or something, and a new building was kind of unearthed uh, near some ruins, and uh, this this uh, 
this badger mayor of a town who was trying to put his town on the map, basically. Uh, and I made the town the sort of this sort of amalgamation of names around the areas where we all where all the players live, so they could immediately recognize, oh yeah, that's like that's taking place where we would be right now, kind right. of thing. Uh, and and they uh, they traveled to this area to to try to um, to retrieve stuff because the mayor just said, look, I need you to find something that I can use to prove to people that this town is the place to be. Like there's a lot of good stuff, a lot of good junk, a lot of good technology. You know, because I mean it's Gamma World, so everything's messed up, right? Um, and uh, the 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 place they had to go to was actually the ruins of the college that I work at in real life. So uh, they had to go into the basement of the science building, uh, which of course they didn't know, but there were clues all around, and they figured out where they were. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that kind of thing is always fun with Gamble World because you can make it a completely alien landscape, but yet you drop these little clues, and they're like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah. I see. Uh, and so they go in there and they, they have these huge battles and it was the first time they had played Gamma World and none of these players were fourth edition players. So they don't know anything about the system. And so I had, um, I had printed out a bunch of, uh, uh, cards for their, for their powers and, and different things and, and some, uh, really nice character sheets so they could have everything like right in front of them. And then we, we did the full on random, here's your random character and, and, uh, uh, when we first started, and we it, there was just two of them there. The others hadn't gotten there yet, so I had them roll, you know, roll up some characters randomly and and sent them in, and they just got slaughtered, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, I mean, they needed to learn how to play the game, so it was it was kind of like just test battles. And then so they they got upset, and they rolled up, you know, and they rolled up two more characters, and they went and got slaughtered again. <laughs> and so what, what's really great about that though is it makes them really want to go in and kick ass. You know, they're like, oh, we're gonna go in and we're gonna kill that thing that keeps attacking us. This and, is all the fourth. Uh, Edition version, right? This is the fourth edition version of Gamma World, yeah. So it's technically the seventh yeah, edition right. of Gamma World, but it's but it's the fourth edition D and D version yeah. of Gamma World. Um, and so you know, I had a nice battle map and I'm using tokens and you know, got nice cards and stuff. So it's a it's it's a, a very tactile game in that way. Uh, and they were really having fun because you know it was things like uh, one of them was a radioactive yeti, and his weapon was uh, a giant stop sign that had been bent all out of shape, and one of them was. Uh, was a uh, a pyrotechnic and um he when we rolled on the junk trinket table he got like a steam cleaner so we called him stanley steamer you know because he's all he's really hot because he's the pyro guy he likes but then he carries carrying around a vacuum to clean up every time he does something and so it was it was a really fun mm-hmm. game um and uh, and then when the other players showed up uh I had them all roll up two characters and then they went in and they kicked a whole bunch of butt. And then that was the end of the first session. And, and they, uh, at the end of the first session, they came across, I sort of wrote this little hinky, uh, just, a, just, a, it was supposed to be a one shot, but then they liked it so much that I ended up extending it into a, a, a two or three shot. But at the end of the one shot, they found this, uh, Android who was like malfunctioning. And the reason he was malfunctioning is because he was caught in an energy field and he was trapped there by these other, uh, treasure hunters basically. And, but they didn't know what was going on. They didn't know if the Android was friendly or not. And the Android at the end, uh, they ended up turning off the electric field and the Android could escape and he escaped down this hatch. And so they followed him down this hatch. And then that was the end of the first session. So at the beginning of the second session, they dropped down into the, into the hatch and they went down this, uh, platform and I basically set it up with I used the Star Wars galaxy tiles so it's you know the you know walkways that look like they're on the Death Star and that kind of thing oh. and uh, and then I had this um 
this big spaceship that I, I printed out. I got some some galaxy tiles, not galaxy tiles, some uh, starship tiles from Drive Through RPG, and I printed them out and I covered them with contact paper and cut them to size and put them all together. And so basically, they dropped down into this thing and they went down the hall and there were a couple of traps they got out of and all this. And then I basically unrolled this humongous spaceship that they found themselves oh. in. And they had to go around, and the spaceship had been damaged and then buried. And so there's all these different parts of it. And, and I didn't unroll and, and unveil the whole thing all at once. They had to explore the whole thing. And then they were getting attacked, and then there were these bugs, and they found out the, the, the spaceship had been infested with these giant eggs, and it was kind of like aliens. And, and they walked into one room, and there are these cows. And not like regular cows, like humongous enormous cows because i had these i went to uh, the dollar store and i had these little cow figurines that are you know way out of scale compared to the to the to the pcs and then they found some sheep and so they led the cows and the sheep and, the, and all these cows and sheep were eating on these things that looked like roots in this overgrown area where all these eggs were and then they went into another room and there are these humongous chickens and roosters and so of course you know all the jokes become about, you know, cocks and bulls. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, but they, so anyway, so eventually they figured out that, uh, the, the cows and the sheep and everything, they're all alien cows because they're so humongous. You know, they're like, they're, you know, five times the regular size of a cow or uh-huh. whatever. And, uh, they had been there and they were there and, it was almost like a sort of parasitic relationship between these alien egg things and the cows because the cows were able to eat the sort of leaves and moss and stuff growing off of the egg area. But, of course, as soon as the aliens are going to hatch, the cows are going to be the food for the new aliens. So the party figured all this out. They also came across this uh, place where there was this uh, setup of, of all these jars with these weird alien languages written on them and, and what appeared to be numbers. And uh, they eventually figured out that uh, the um, using different clues, they figured out some letters of the alphabet, and they were able to decipher that the on the jars it said Soylent <laughs> with a number. And so uh, they had these Soylent green cookies, and they could call up the different pictures of the people who had been turned into the Soylent cookies. Of course, they didn't know that before they had already eaten a whole bunch. Um, and so there were just all these really cool things. And it was it was really fun because they didn't care if they died. You know, it's one of the sort of benefits of having a one-shot or a two-shot mm-hmm. is, you know, if they die, they die. You know, it's not a long campaign. And I'm, you know, I normally run really long fantasy campaigns. And so sometimes they've got the same characters for years and years and years, literally in right. real time, years. Um, and so it's kind of fun to have a, that sort of change of pace mm-hmm. um, at times where, you know, it doesn't really matter. And, of course, Gamble World's really wacky and you can basically do what you want and, uh, it doesn't have to be in my fantasy world, so it doesn't matter, you know, if it, they're not going to mess anything up. Yeah, you know, it. they can they can no, make up no whatever canon. they want. It's it's all there. <laughs> yeah, there's no canon to to worry about. Not that my players worry about that much. Yeah, I was going to say, way, you know, I, that's you true know. with all games, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know. It's uh, but um, so that was really fun, uh, and we're still on hiatus from the second edition game. So uh, this Saturday we're going to play Hollow Earth Expedition. So uh, they're going to uh, go find their way into the... They're going to ride on the Hindenburg first, and then they're going to find their way into the uh, uh, the center of the Earth, and they're going to run across some dinosaurs uh, and some Nazis awesome. who are looking for ancient what, secrets. What system is this? They're going to hopefully... It's called Hollow Earth okay. Expedition. It's put out by Exile Studios. Mm-hmm. It's called the Ubiquity System. It's, uh, it's really fun. Um, 
it's a, it's very much built for a pulpy game. The the game the game world is set to about 1936, so you're you know it's the rise of of uh, the Nazis, the Nazi Party, and basically things in the world are very similar except people are discovering there's this hollow earth and you can go in and there's you know you can basically put anything in there that you want uh it's a really fun game it's very quick you you do it for pulpy style stuff and you you do things like leave them on cliffhangers and you can split the party and nobody's gonna die and that kind of thing so it's it's pretty Mm -hmm. good um and so that's what we're going to do on Saturday. So next time we talk, I'll be I'll be talking about my one or two sessions of Hollow Earth that that end up getting run. Um, it's a system that I've read a couple of times, and uh, I I ran a sort of I ran a play by post game of it on a on a forum at, at RPG Geek. Um, but the game sort of fell apart because it's really hard to do um, really sort of cliffhangery, high action, fast paced things in play by forum because it's just so slow. Uh, and I just couldn't wrap my head around how to how to adjust to that. And I didn't know the system very well, and so it sort of lost its luster, and I ended up stopping that game uh, not very far into it. But uh, I did like the system, but I, f- I decided I needed to get used to it face-to-face. So this will be my chance to do that. So that'll be really... That'll be really nice. I'm really kind of looking uh, forward to that because it's a it's a really fun system. It's very quick, mm. and it's it's really nicely produced. It's got really good production values, and you know it's it's uh, it uses binnies and and uh, you can you know it basically chips and you could use them to do really cool things. But yet the the um, the characters aren't like super duper heroic. They're they're uh, they're fallible. They have flaws and they they make mistakes and and uh, and the it you know they don't start with you know every skill known to man and brains giant brains and humongous muscles and able to beat anything mm-hmm. and, you mm-hmm. know um, so it's a really fun system to play so the so that's the thing that's we're still continuing the second edition game but we're waiting for the other player to come back so we probably won't play that for another three or four weeks um, and then I have my fifth edition game which is a different group. And they finally have gotten to the heart of the temple, the sentient temple that uh, I was talking about with the big giant mm-hmm. knoll. And they had more trouble with all of the things happening before they got to the knoll than they did. With, I mean, they went in there and they really played it well. They uh, they figured out what was going on and they just whipped his butt. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so I was really happy about that. Uh, but... Um, I still haven't really decided what I'm going to do now. I think it's they're they're not they haven't left the the temple. They actually we literally they completed um, the battle and looking around a couple of things, uh, and then we ended the session. They're not they're not out of the temple yet, so they still have a couple of rooms to explore, which will give them some really huge clues. And it kind of depends on how they interact with those clues and and what their sort of table talk about those clues are that's going to tell me what direction they want to go next mm-hmm. so i haven't haven't quite decided exactly what i'm going to do because they might just decide to go right back up to the pillar and and then we'll have a mountain lands game again instead of being down uh by the colony so uh, who knows i don't know uh it's one of those sort of a almost a fly by the seat of your pants kind of thing i prep a whole bunch of different things um and they, but even though I say that it's it's actually really prep light because I only I prep the most basic items like I have you know I have my NPCs set and I have sort of the main kind of couple of villains set and then wherever they go is where they go um, 
but I have to give them a little bit of structure. So once they make the decision, I have to throw structure into the mix because otherwise they just flounder around. But uh, but I do like them to sort of be the ones that are the force for picking the direction to go. Right. So we'll we'll see how that goes. You know, I I don't know what they're going to actually do. Um, the group is still. Uh, we, I added a new player about three sessions ago, and he has brought a different kind of dynamic to the group. And he's a good player, and he's actually also a DM. He DMs encounters every Wednesday night at, at the store that's local to his house. So uh, he has sort of brought a different kind of thought process, and, and he's able to sort of, from the player perspective, when the players go off on these weird tangents, he he brings it back and says, well, wait, wait, wait. Because the thing is, I do that too, except when I do it, it's the DM doing right. it. And they go, oh, wait, mate, what's he trying to tell us? Like, oh, is he trying to tell us this, you know, we should do this or we should do that yeah, or we should right, do this right. other thing? And when he does it because he's a player in the group, they're like, oh, wait, let's think about this. Oh, that's a mm-hmm. good idea. You know, so he, he's brought sort of a, a grounding kind of, uh, to right. the group, so I'm really happy with the the dynamic, the way it's changed a little bit. Um, they still do a lot of infighting. I, I think um, I don't know what to. <laughs> they still they. I think just a couple of the players are trying to find out, find themselves. You know, find find their characters. Is that themselves. is that typical? They're really good, they're really good. Well, they're really good friends in real life, and they like to like poke and prod each other and and joke around, and they're doing that with their characters, but. The problem is I had to sort of stop that side talk because what would happen is I would be giving one player information about something they just searched for or found or whatever. And then they would, you know, another there's another table conversation going on. They, they oh, they're not talking to me. I'm going to talk about this other thing. And then they miss information. So then a few minutes later when a decision needs to be made right. – Half of them are in the know and half of them aren't, and they start the two that are sort of that, that prod and poke each other in real life. They're, I mean, like I said, they're really good friends, so it's not malicious at all. No, no part of this is malicious. But then they start making fun of each other. Oh, well, if you'd been listening, right. you'd know. Right. you know. And, and then then part of it's said in character and part of it isn't, and then it's like, okay, well, what – you know, <laughs> we need to – whoa, whoa, slow down here. You know, We need to yeah. focus. Uh, figure out – yeah, focus, focus this. And So I had to institute – my time's up in a second. <laughs> but, uh, let me just let me just finish my second my my thought. I had to institute a if you're not talking in character, you got to put your hand on your head. <laughs> Whatever you say, if you if if it's said with your hands normal, your character is saying mm-hmm. it. Um, and I only institute it for like a session and a half because uh, of course it's really hilarious to see them all with their hands there. But I don't want to like make it seem like, oh, you have to, you know, like, I'm, I'm really lenient. I'm really not a stickler for, oh, you have to have your hand on your head. But I needed them to understand that sometimes if I'm going to keep the game going, you can't just be poking and prodding each other. You go off on these right. tangents and you're really, and, and the thing is, if you were, if your characters are really doing that, you're, you're gathering all sorts of attention. And so I'm still sort of trying to you know, teach them how to interact. But I think it's just a matter of these two characters and, and, you know, they're going to have fun and, and it's fine that nobody, nobody's pissed off or anything. Nothing bad has happened. You know, it's just one of those, like sometimes it causes a tangent, a 20 minute tangent. And I'm like, okay, let's get back on the road. You know, we need to, we need to get, we should have been out of this temple like two sessions ago, you know? Um, and so, but you know, whatever. I mean, if, if my biggest problem is the characters are having too much fun, right. hey, yep. you know, I, I don't have a complaint about that. That's so. usually what we end up, you know, we, we do what, six hour sessions, eight hour sessions. And, mm-hmm. and we only game about half of it. Cause the other half, we're just kind of playing around 
enjoying yeah. life. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's really funny though. You know, it, it really has shown me the, a, a different sort of dynamic. This is, these are the, these two groups that I have are so different. They, they are more different than any two groups I've ever had. And it's really interesting to have them sort of both at the same time. One group plays like every other Sunday from 11 to six. And one group plays like once a month, but for 12 hours. Mm-hmm. And when they when that group plays, basically we play until they're too drunk to actually make decisions, <laughs> and then we stop playing. I mean, that is honestly what because you know then we they, get there and they, they start get drinking. The car about, and drive home. You know, no, no, no. We they stay there. I I don't drink, and I'm the only one that drives, so everybody else stays there. But they um, but like I show up at like noon or one o'clock. We start the game around two, around five. It, sort of everybody's showing up, and we we eat right. We take a break and we eat. And uh, and then they start drinking once they've eaten. And so then when uh, around about midnight, <laughs> they've been drinking beer for six hours, you know. Um, and so by then it's kind of like, well, okay, you're not you're not really making good decisions, and I don't think you're going to remember doing this thing that you just said you wanted to do. Right. Um, so yeah, but it's a really interesting dynamic because even though we have that and we break for dinner and they also talk, but then we it's like they just have a natural slide back into the game. Mm-hmm. It's like they self-police. Whereas my other group, I have to like, you know, say, okay, guys, come on, let's let's do it. What are we? What's going on? I have to pull them back in, you know. And it's it's very uh, it's very, it's interesting. It's just very interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Andy, are you ready? I believe I am ready. All right. Um, Time has started. So, since uh, last we spoke, I have had a grand total of two sessions. Uh, with the same group, so I'm not fancy with the multi-groups like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so we're, we're doing um, the uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen, um, and I wanted to wrap up episode one. Uh, we, we were going to have a short session, and I wanted to wrap up epi- uh, episode one and get the the dragon and the um, the uh, flour mill and the uh, the the half dragon encounters, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, so, uh, so I had the um, the governor, uh, you know, worried yeah. that uh, the raiders were heading towards the mill, and instead of this being a trap, I, I was actually having the raiders ransack the mill. You know, their 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 grain supply for the next seven months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the party, of course, went out to um, to stop that. So yeah, so so they defeated the the people the um dragon cult the, uh, <laughs> the dragon cult yes thank you <laughs> <laughs> they defeated the dragon cult uh, that that were ransacking but not before a lot of them got away with pretty much like seventy percent of the stock right and so after that the players got into like it had to have been an hour hour long argument of whether they were going to bring the remaining grain back to the castle. Or leave it there, or you know what they were gonna do, <laughs> and, and that that was just hilarious to sit there because because one of them was like, you know, it doesn't matter, just leave it here. Another one was like, no, this is their only food left. We got, <laughs> and, and everybody else was just taking sides at that point. <laughs> so when they, they finally they figured out they could cast uh, what a tensor's floating disc, and and they could carry you know most of the remaining grain. And so they, they got everything together and they walked out the door and, and the dragon's just sitting there waiting for them. 
Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, the, the first thing they see, I told them, the first thing you see is a giant dragon eye looking oh, at man. you. <laughs> so um, I, I took uh, Mike's advice to uh, to basically have him a have, have a quest, have him. <laughs> this is a know, giant say, dragon with an exclamation mark over his head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what I kind of decided is that, um, you know, the, the dragons don't like doing this stuff for the dragon cults. So why do they do it? Okay. What what I decided is the dragon cults create these orbs and attune it so that it gives them control over the dragon for a certain period of time before it has to recharge. And so it, the, the, the time just expired. So before flying away, he, he sees this group and he says, you know what? Go get that orb for me, or I'm going to come back and decimate this village. Uh, although he doesn't tell them what it does. He just says, it's my orb. I want it back. Go get it. Mm-hmm. And then he flies away. So they, they were glad they didn't have to fight the adult blue dragon. <laughs> yeah. but I, I, I had the picture in my head as they were arguing that th- this is what's got to happen when they walk out that door. Because <laughs> he spent so long in there arguing. <laughs> Hmm. So they get the, the the grain back to the um castle, and uh, when we do the final dra- encounter with the half dragon, uh, what's his name? He's got a weird name. Uh, yeah. Cyanrath. Yeah, Cyanrath. Yeah. And uh, so you know he demands he wants a one-on-one battle with the the bravest warrior of them all, and uh, so. One of the one of the PCs is a ten year old girl. Really? <laughs> which which was, it, it was a it was a really really interesting character concept. Mm-hmm. Um, although since then we've decided it's not working for this adventure. Um, mm-hmm. But I hope the player I hope the player tries it again sometime. What was the class? Yeah, a warlock. Okay. Um. um but out of all the PCs, and, and of course, you know, all, all the NPCs, this was the only one who stepped forward to do battle. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And so Sinrath is, of course, you know, what are you guys kidding me? You're going <laughs> to. You're sending me a child? <laughs> yeah, right. So he doesn't take it too seriously at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but she. Uh, the, the guy rolled him. Like a crit or something. And it is really good damage. It's like took him down by half. Wow. And at that point, he decided, you know what? I, I'm going to have to fight now. <laughs> yeah, Simon Rath's like, I'm going to have to breathe lightning on a little yeah. girl. <laughs> and he did, and she died. <laughs> oh, wow. So that, that was the second player death. Um, that happened right about at the end of the session, so it, it's kind of a... It's a but, full death? Like, he did so much damage? That oh, yeah. Was yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, yeah. All the Brutal. way. Brutal. Um, yeah, so... You know, the, the, the town's... Um, the town's temple has... You know, can do a resurrection. Um, although the, the player decided that that's not what he wants to do. Um mm. So after that, uh, the next session we had, um, uh, we had the four players. So we had the, the druid, the ranger, uh, cleric, and a wizard. And the fifth player was out that day. 
Um, so this is, of course, where they have to go tracking to the um, raiders' camp. And so right away, out of the um, village, of course, I have them run into, in the middle of nowhere, a gnome selling melons. <laughs> and uh, My what lovely melons you have. Exactly. She had all kinds of melons, you know, all kinds of gourds. She had squash, she had, you know, and... and and she would tell each one of them which one they wanted, and and they had and she had some for the low low price of one platinum piece each. <laughs> oh my god! Wow! Holy and they were cow. like, did they did they have enough money for that? Um, yeah, they did. They, they, they had the platinum piece, and then she sold a nut, she sold a pumpkin for five coppers. <laughs> <laughs> so she she doesn't have this economic thing down nice. well, but they're all fresh. Yeah. They're all very fresh. Um. So they're like, well, well, did you see an army come through here? Oh, yeah, the army came through here. Well, why didn't the army steal from you? Because I killed the ones who tried. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So, and and I think that's going to be a reoccurring character, but I think she's going to sell something different every time. (laughs) Mm. That's a good idea. Um, Did did they get any, like, information um, from her? they, They got information about the army. Yeah, about the raiders and, and timetables. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just ancillary stuff that they could have picked up if they had interrogated a prisoner. Right. Um, so it wasn't completely purposeless, um, although it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, from there, they ran into the uh, the camp. There, there's a camp of the rear guard with the humans kind of not getting along with the kobolds. Mm-hmm. Um, they managed to take one of the kobolds prisoner before wiping everybody else out to which the uh, cleric decided to uh, civilize him <laughs> civilize the uh... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, that's always fun and so they're, you know, he's kind of trying to pump up for information of course the kobold is completely agreeable to everything and anything that, that he's asked he's like well, is there a big army up ahead? Oh, yes, there's a big army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just just anything they ask, he just tries to give them what he what he thinks they want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> no re- no relation to reality. <laughs> so, of course, they don't ask him about any any lookouts or any um you know, is is there any traps in between here? Are there anything like that? So he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't offer information. <laughs> but if they ask him for something, he comes up with an answer that he's pretty sure they want to hear. <laughs> and and uh, so it was a Jeff's character says, you know, I I don't really trust you. And he said, oh, you can trust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so they got to the pass, and of course they were ambushed at the pass because they, they hadn't gotten that information out. Uh, <laughs> and the Kobold <laughs> forgot to mention that. He didn't mention that because they didn't <laughs> ask him about right. it. Um, so as they were going through the pass, though, uh, you know they're, they're fighting their way through the pass. Um, the Kobold gets captured, and so one of the PCs kills the Kobold because they, they don't want uh, information getting out about oh. what they're and then after they pass through, they realize, you know, we got the robes and stuff from the, because because they're like, you know, they're going to the camp, they're going to sneak into the camp, you know, in disguise, and 
and they realized, you know, we got those disguises we got from the humans back there, and we could have worn those before. <laughs> before going through the past, but... I'm kind of sad that they killed the kobold. I actually have a similar thing in my group right now. They actually rescued... So the the knoll in the temple was going to sacrifice... Had to sacrifice something. And a bunch of his minion goblins had captured a kobold. And they were... They had him, like, his hands tied. And they were taking him to go be sacrificed. And the group ran across those goblins. And they could tell that the kobold was a prisoner. So they killed the goblins and they kept the kobold. And they they talked to him and they got certain information and he was like, just let me go. I don't even, I'm not from here. I was captured. And they said, no, we're going to keep you for a while. And he said, okay, fine. Then untie me and give me a weapon. <laughs> and they were like, Oh, I don't know. And he said, well, then I'm, I'm toast because you're, if I'm tied up, I'm just going to be killed. And they're like, oh, okay, here's a little knife. And then he ended up running into combat and being totally awesome. Of yeah. course. Right. So now they're like, Hmm, he's a brave, you know? And so, they didn't let him die, so that was good. So I'm I'm kind of sad. I'm I'm, I'm disappointed, Jeff. Yeah, he, Jeff, are you listening? I'm disappointed <laughs> that you didn't keep. Well, he was trying to. He he actually renamed the Cobalt Senior Pugwiffle and drew a little picture of him and, and he <laughs> put it, nice. put it, give him a uh, cleric's robes and said, gonna make an honest Cobalt out of him. And ah, <laughs> nice. uh, so um, okay, so they got to camp. And uh, uh, for some reason, this is a little more recent, but it's still hard to remember. This was the beginning of December. Um, they said they, they they decided that they were going to come in and say they wanted to join the um, the uh, the hirelings, the mercenaries, the mercenaries. And uh, being that they came in under. Um, no, that's not what happened. They came, yeah, they came in disguise. That's what happened. They came in disguise, uh, which their disguise was quickly, their cover was quickly blown. So they were thrown in, uh, you know, thrown in the prison where they met the uh, monk guy, who didn't make a very good impression on them. <laughs> um, and from there, uh, during their interrogation, they managed to convince uh, the captain that that they'd make good mercenaries. They, they were allowed to join one of the mercenary companies, and, and at, that's when they started to, um, you know, do their information gathering, um, trying to see, you know, is there is there dissension in the rigs? Can we stir that up a bit, you know, and, and what exactly is going on here? Um, a re, a recruiter came to visit them from from the cult. The the, the, the cult's numbers have been growing. Quickly, and one of the ways they do that is by recruiting heavily from the mercenaries. Um, and, and so I, I had had them roll. Um, you know, if, if uh, you know their motivation, if their motivation to speak to the cult was genuine, that they were interested in joining, they had advantage on their on their bluff checks or, or rolls. And if it wasn't, they they had disadvantage. And so the the one player rolled a one, <laughs> <laughs> and so basically, uh, I guess I stood up and stormed out the second she opened her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but but well, one of them got in good, and uh, so she she snuck snuck him in and showed him where the um 
the orb was. Uh, more to sh- basically to kind of show off that she knew this kind of stuff and and you know maybe one day she'd get to get a dragon orb and so they know where it is. Um, but they're they haven't decided yet whether or not they're going to go get it. Hmm. Um, uh, let's see what else. I'm sorry this is so disjointed. Like I said, it's been a couple months. So they oh. Time's up. Uh, so, so did they? So, what do you mean they haven't decided if they well, want to go get it? Like, are they actually just they? They think they might not yeah, go. Get they they the think orb they or... might not get the orb because you know it's in the middle of the camp. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And and so one of the things they did do is uh, shortly after that they they got some more information. Shortly after that they they left the camp, and I managed to split the party by by having the mercenaries send a, a guide with them to kind of keep tabs on them. And, mm-hmm. and so that they, they, they left the camp saying they were going to go hunting for food, you know, an overnight hunting trip or something. So they, they split okay. up at that point. So two of them went back to the, to the village and, and Jeff is like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to warn the governor that they have to evacuate the village because we're, we're probably not going to get that orb and, you know, the dragon's going to come destroy the village. Mm-hmm. And then the other two were, were off hunting. Now, now that I got them separated, um, it, it, things are not going to go well for the guide. Uh, I think uh, during the night watch, I think a dragon's going to eat him. Is what's mm. going to happen? <laughs> mm. They're, they're going to wake up, you know, from from their from the, the the two that are with the guide are going to wake up and they're just going to see the dragon there munching on some bones, asking where his orb is. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nice. And then the two that go back to town, they, they, that's a really good chance for them to pick up uh, the new character that the fifth player makes. But um, overall, um, I think I'm probably going to start diverging from the module pretty quick here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you, you know, the, 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 you guys have discussed many times the problems with the module and. And, and I'm not married to it. Yeah. But uh, the plus Jeff has yeah, read plus it, Jeff so has read it. <laughs> you, so yeah, it's okay. I was going to ask you if you've changed any like names of of NPCs well, or anything, and yeah, in fact, one of the things is, is the factions. You know, obviously that I, I'm not going to have the Red Wizards and the Zentarium or Zentari um, in this world. So I, I was coming up with kind of new groups and and. And uh, I actually commissioned my my daughter to do some art for it, and she she did a great job. I'll have to post it online sometime. Um, so one one faction is going to be a um, uh, a faction called the Blood, where um, it, the more they're dedicated to their cause, the more red their skin becomes. Mm. And they're they're completely hairless. They're mostly dwarven, but there's some other races in there. Um, and they're the ones that are going to be kind of working with the dragon cult. And then I came up with this other concept of um, giant, think um, think like the Incredible Hulk, but headless. And then they they, they carry around a, a humanoid head, like a dwarf head or an elf head or a human head, which is alive, and that, that's that's kind of their head. <laughs> that's, how that's how they, they communicate. communicate. That, yeah, nice. So and they'll be kind of. This, not really the Zatari because they're not they're not particularly evil. They're very rare and mysterious. 
Um, and, and so they'll, they'll be the kind of doing, doing, filling the role of the Zentarium kind of helping the PCs. So. Right. So I'm pretty excited to, cool. pretty excited to, um, introduce those to the, to the players and see what happens. That yeah, awesome. like When's your next session? Our, our next session is on Saturday, so I'm, I'm glad that we're um, okay. doing this yeah. now because it's got me thinking about it. And, awesome. and uh, I should be able to remember what's going on next time we talk. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up unless anybody has any final comments. Nope. No, no for Mike, no I, for Andy. I, I think I just got done talking, so... <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time.